it's an auspicious day. For sure. Um, For sure. We are recording slightly later than normal, and, uh, and that means we hit the news cycle at just the right time, which we'll say, talk about later. Honestly, it paid off. Yeah. I, we're mourning. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, paying off, oh. paying things off. Oh. Um, student debt. That's the thing people have to pay off. Yeah, that's true. It's the that's thing the people thing. talk about a lot. It's the thing both of us got to pay off. That's the thing I started paying off this month because my six-month forbearance after I graduated was over. And I'm Yeah. And regardless of your uh, position on student loans, maybe you think lazy liberals should pay them back. Maybe uh -huh. you think it should all be canceled, whatever. That's what I think. You can't help but have some empathy for the people that have student loans, you know? Mm. And uh, I, <laughs> well, I have a, a series of tweets here that I just, I, I saw this like right after we recorded the pod last week or maybe on Monday or something. Okay. And I just thought it was uh, an excellent exchange on Twitter, on, on my favorite website. So I'm going to read that. this. This first guy says, my wife and I left graduate school 23 years ago with a, combi a combined total debt of $70,000. Since then, we've made $500 monthly payments for 23 years, so $120,000 yeah. plus. Today, we still owe $60,000. Explain to me again why student loan debt should not be canceled. Obviously, he's making the argument, uh -huh. right? So then somebody follows up, a different person. They say, so two grad so they say, so with two graduate degrees, the two of you would have pulled in a lot of money, but decided to only contribute two hundred and fifty dollars per person per month uh, per month payment towards your student loan debt. So Dog, dismissive. First point, graduate degrees do not guarantee that you're making <laughs> yeah, a lot well, of money. And then the original poster says, We are both teachers. Oh fuck. And then, so they're making no money. They're making no money. And then <laughs> The Libertarian Party of Connecticut, no. the official account from the Libertarian Party of Connecticut says that explains everything. Nobody should Just be a teacher. The right? open Nobody contempt should. for public educators well, is crazy. It's because you don't get it because you don't you don't <laughs> think about economics as much as I do. You see, if if people decided like if they all banded together and said, OK, I know nobody's going to be a teacher. I'm not going into this profession and I'm mm -hmm. going to get everyone else to not go and become a teacher. And we're just going to have a massive shortage of teachers for a couple of years. Then wages would have to rise up because it's a market. It's just it's so like the libertarian market. The libertarian party is just wholly irrelevant in American yeah. politics. They don't win anything. They're just really annoying. But for them to just be posters like the the official libertarian party of a state in this country responds to an individual that's like, hey, student debt's kind of fucked. I'm a public educator uh -huh. and I can't pay this shit back. And they're like, oh, well, it's because you're a teacher. Have you considered not being a teacher? Man. Have you considered being a, a sales tech? Yeah. Have you like, considered what? STEM? What about a STEM education? Huh? Have you yeah. considered STEM? Right wingers love <laughs> positioning themselves against teachers. Yeah. One of the most important jobs in the <laughs> entire country, in even, the entire society. Even if this dude initially was just like, hey, this is hard to pay back. Even if he wasn't making an argument for total cancellation, for them to come in and say like, well, you should get a better job. Yeah. When he's a teacher, like come teaching the kids on, in this and country, like, it's crazy. K through 12 too. It's yeah. not even like they went on and they went on to get a PhD, that kind of graduate degree and became professors and yeah. some some liberal science, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some liber liberal mojo. They're K through 12 teachers. Uh -huh. <laughs> Primary, responsible for educating your youth. You could have taken an issue with so many different things in the initial post, but instead you're like, oh, teachers, that explains it. Yeah, it's it's a waste teacher. of time, John. No wonder you're fucking stupid, actually. Absolutely worthless. Doesn't help anybody <laughs> succeed. Does nothing for the... Oh, my God. I just thought it was perfect. Libertarians are not doing well. Someone, If you have a libertarian friend, check in on them. I don't think they're doing too well nowadays. That's insane. That's absolutely bonkers. So I was scrolling through r slash conservative, as I usually do. Mm -hmm. If you're longtime listeners know. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sorting my top weekly. Naturally. And I feel like I found a little bit of a gem. This one, it's not a news article like okay. they usually are. It's not even an opinion column. 
Although they did kind of write an essay when they did someone's just yapping. Someone is just yapping. They mm-hmm. made a post. They they saw something in their in their lives that they were so angry about that they had to make a post on the uh, uh, intellectual conservative bastion that is r slash conservative. And <laughs> yeah. they, they it was titled in air, quotes modern history books. For Christmas, my kids got me the Encyclopedia of American History by the Smithsonian. I decided to start reading today, and while going through the section on the 1500s through the 1600s slash early colonization, wasn't obvious right away, but then I came to a paragraph discussing the the colonists and their racist attitudes. Those are in quotes, obviously. (laughs) I thought, hmm, using the term, quote, racist to describe people from the 1500s seems wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided to check the published date of the book, and to nobody's surprise, the book is marked as full revised 2023 edition. I kept reading in amusement, and the cringe got worse. The section on Thanksgiving and the, quote, whites interpretation... My favorite is the attached caption from the picture of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Who were the 56 signatories and what drove them to declare independence? Doesn't matter. To make sure I wasn't overthrowing this, I skipped to the current Times page on Trump was, and you'd expect... This dude's an incoherent writer. They even <laughs> felt the need to include the peaceful BLM protests. Uh, long story short, he didn't like the content. But what, what exactly about signing the Declaration of Independence? What, what little snippet did he not like? This part that says, quote, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. All 56 signatories were white landowning men and most were enslavers. Factual statement. A factual <laughs> statement, dog. God and there, damn it. There was a there was an absolute um, uh, battle in the comments about the definition who who were enslavers. Uh-huh. A bunch of people getting in there like, oh, you want to talk about enslavers? What what about the African tribes, huh? Oh, what about the African tribes that were enslaved? About- we, you know, we only bought them. <laughs> You know, we only bought him and kept him in slavery. What about what about the people that were oh, doing it? Oh my God! The, the, we're talking about American government, the American Declaration of Independence. Uh, what about the African tribes? And, and it's also like, do we do we <laughs> really want to get in here and pretend that the fact that all of the fifty six signatories of the Declaration of Independence were white landowning men, as if it wasn't written into the Constitution yeah. that only Later white on, yeah. landowning men could be able to vote? That is kind of a foundational piece of American history mm-hmm. that contextualizes. I don't know pretty much everything that's been going on up until now man that's just like nikki haley's media tour where she can't say america has had a racist past she said america has never been a racist we've never been a racist country she says we how could we have written it into uh the declaration of independence that we're all made equally or whatever the fuck she said uh if they didn't actually believe it bro people can just say shit like you are right now. And it's also like when they said we're all made equal, they said, except. <laughs> yeah. except there's a little asterisk there, a pretty big asterisk. Yeah. Said, except if you're a woman minority, black, we uh, did not, not landowning, not yeah. rich, not a man. By we, they meant um, propertied white men. Yeah, by we, they <laughs> meant the people in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so fucking good. I love it. It's like you really have to be delusional. To believe that there's been no racism in the history of America. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Like, at the very least, you look at the institution of slavery and Jim Crow laws. Those being, like, super unnuanced view of what racism has been and what it is today. You have to at least admit that that was pretty bad. And it's (laughs) also, like, this poster in their issue with this little portion of an encyclopedia of American history said, Oh, so the book doesn't care who who they were and what the the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence stood for? It's like, I'm sure it does in other sections. This is just a very (laughs) tiny snippet that 
just said, a caveat here, they were all white landowning men, mm-hmm. which would go on to be a very important part of Amer- early American policy, the earliest Man. American policy. Just deluding yourselves. Education level in this country sucks oh, ass. Saying, oh, man. my God. Oh, my goodness. Who's triggered now? Yeah, who's the snowflake <laughs> now? I thought it was facts over Felix. I thought it was facts over Felix. Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. We've got an absolutely loaded show for you today. Yes, sir. Big election news on this podcast that we're talking about. uh, And some election news that we simply won't beat the news cycle for, but we'll Uh get into that. We also have uh, a couple of other big news stories to talk about. Some beyond parody at the end. I'm I'm reluctant to say that. Maybe, maybe, I'm just going to throw out a wild dicky. Okay. Prediction, you know, if you haven't been listening to the latest couple episodes. I'm not too sure that there's going to be much newsworthy things going on (laughs) in the next couple. I'm not, or that is to say... There is newsworthy things going on, but I don't think there are going to be newsworthy things that are going to surpass our expectations. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Well, we can talk about expectations (laughs) and Dickies uh, very soon on Uh this podcast, but uh, lots of election news coming your way. But before we get into the show, I will not even ask. I'll beg. I'll beg. I'll I'll plead. I'll pray. I'll uh-huh. I'll do anything. I'll pray, just like I get on my knees and pray to Dan Campbell every night. If you go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you please, I'm begging you to go to Patreon.com/slash Head in the Office Pod. It's the best way you can support the show. You can listen to it early and ad free. What else could you want other than lines to the Super Bowl? What's more fun than that? Exactly. Except, like Jeremy said, lines at the Super Bowl. Exactly. Come on, exactly. Man. I hope that doesn't turn into a really bad thing to say in the next <laughs> oh, hour. Yeah, in the next 30 minutes. I don't know. Uh, anyway, you could also support the show by getting some Head in the Office merch. Sorry. Lots available for you. I mean, it'll be summer before you know it. Might as well get a t-shirt to rock. And you know, if you're a patron, obviously you get acknowledged every single episode mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, depending on if you know you, you, you give up enough. If That's you right. give enough tithe, you know, uh-huh. the more tithe you give, the more holy you are. But uh, I digress. If you want a one-time shout-out, maybe, maybe a, a spiel that you want us to read, uh-huh. go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple. Any set of words you can think of, combine the, well, the 26. Well, maybe not any set of words. <laughs> most uh, sets most, of words. Most <laughs> words that you can think of, we will read. Just There's a list <laughs> There's a list of words that list. we won't say. There's a list. But I'm sure you can guess hey, what those are. Take any of the 26 <laughs> letters from English, make them into words, uh, and we'll maybe read them. We'll on the say show. most of them. We, <laughs> hey, we, I don't think we've skipped one yet. So we have not. We have not skipped say. one word. Getting into these five star reviews. The first one is big ups to the best geopolitical slash domestic podcast out there by Taco Libre 06. They say Hitto covers major ground. Hitto covers major ground on the happenings on, uh, and don't shy from calling out absurdity, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. I'm horrified by this upcoming election year, but at least I'll have a few good laughs. Thanks, fellas. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Taco Libre. Thank you, for, you la- so much. for laughing. Yeah, for yeah. Uh, be, being joyous yeah, in our uh, presence. Uh, this next one, finally, by by Notes Raider. They say I've been listening to you guys for almost a year now. And I can't express how much I've learned from these two. Growing up on the Louisiana Mississippi border, aka pro Trump County, all you oh, pro Trump country, all Ooh. you hear about is Trump this, homophobia that. But it's nice to hear two handsome young men close to my age share the same political views as me. P.S. I condemn Hamas. Dude, I hope it's a pro Trump country, brother. Uh-huh. I hope it's a pro Trump. Hey, there but at a, least you condemn Hamas. I'm about to drive home from work. There is this house that had up like really. Pr- I moved to my apartment in November, right? Mm-hmm. So just for context, mm-hmm. it was uh, as much as I knew of it. My entire world. This house has been decorated with very cool Christmas decorations. Yeah. Just cool lights and shit. And then uh, all of a sudden, like, it's January. 
Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? People are taking them down. All of a sudden, I'm driving home from work. I go to look at the house. Trump 2024. Trump 2024, All the cool lights are stripped out. It's just Trump 2024. He is the presumptive nominee. (laughs) 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 We can put up a DeSantis flag. Can't now. Yeah, they're not wrong. But Whoa, spoiler. Oh, my God. This last review from uh, Scoot Zeeb on Instagram. Best geopolitical podcast ever. That's what I've been saying. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love this podcast. It's the only podcast I can and ever have listened to and actually digest and understand. Uh-huh. And out of loyalty to these two fine white men, fine. I shall never <laughs> seek out another. I love Jeremy and Gage more than my own mother. They bring me all the latest news in a way that isn't depressing and soul-sucking, nor full of lies and utter bullshit. Mm. I've been binging the show on Spotify ever since the TikTok algorithm graced my ears and eyes with the Hiddle Boys clip, The Gay Nutcracker and mm. Black Disabled Santa. That's a Hiddle classic. That's a Hiddle classic, yeah. That did the highest numbers out of anything we've ever done A Millie. Oh my, a Millie. A Millie. Um, on multiple platforms. Yeah. Golly, guys, we made it big. Uh, <laughs> 2024, I'm switching up. Anyway, I digress. It really sold the bod to me. I sadly cannot afford to become a Sunday superstar right now. That's okay. But trust mm-hmm. As soon as I have some extra bucks, I will upgrade from a Wednesday weenie. 100% worth the investment. But mm-hmm. for now, I leave my I leave a five-star review to support my guys. Keep it up, boys. Love y'all. Heart, I condemn Hamas. In oh, you got the condemnation in there. You know, condemnation in the, at the 11th hour. Yeah. No, but it's it's yeah. still a condemnation. You know yeah. what I mean? It works out. I'm, I'm still glad that well, we're all up with this. Thank you all for the reviews. If you want your review read, you know where to go. Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. That's we'll right. read it on the show as soon as we get it. But until then, it's time to talk about some election coverage. Yeah. We got some it big news to is. talk about. Top of the episode, you know, we we write these show notes ahead of time. But just a couple of hours ago from the time of recording mm, this, good thing we news. delayed it, we got some breaking news that Ron DeSantis has officially dropped out of the presidential race. He's no longer running for president, uh, and he dropped out and endorsed Trump. R- drop, drop, go ahead and Ronda packed up. Uh huh. Ronda loser. Ronda loser. Months and months ago. Ronda packed up. Ronda dropout. Ronda uh, Ron, mid DeSantis. Mid DeSantis. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. We've been saying it from the beginning. He's not going to uh-huh. win, as we talk about in a moment. He didn't win in Iowa, uh, and he drops out uh, just ahead of this uh, New Hampshire primary. That's Ron, what's happened in a few days. Ronda DeSantis spent uh, so much of his mismanaged campaign funds. He threw all that money away uh-huh. just to, just to like drop out million dollars. Just to drop out the first time things go wrong uh-huh. but it's not like they just went wrong they went wholly wrong he spent all of that money and so much time i think almost strictly campaigning in iowa uh-huh. he visited 99 counties <laughs> and didn't win, and a, didn't single win one. a single one <laughs> That's i got rough. i got 99 counties <laughs> not a win in one not oh a win in one God. and look the thesis that that we put forward when ronda santis first announced that he was going to run we said a florida man can't win the presidency it can't happen Uh -uh. the people that come out of florida are simply too weird to win the presidency and it stands true today and before you say donald trump he's from new york that's right he's from new florida he's a new york expat and that's why he's there because people from new york are kind of cool but ron DeSantis, uh born and raised florida man he simply could not pull it off we said he couldn't pull it off and now look at him dropping out a few days before the new hampshire primary and my wonder is, like, after Iowa, he said we got our ticket punched. He basically <laughs> gave a victory speech after losing by 30%. Insane. Just and then he endorse, drops out six days later? Just to endorse the guy that he's kind of been attacking for the last mm-hmm. six months? Come on, man. See, I, what, what I want to see, I want to see some hard data. What I want numbers on is, you know, how many of these primary voters in Iowa heard about the boots? Mm-hmm. How many of these voters in Iowa heard about the boots? <laughs> That's and the thought, important you know, political scientific you know, information. You know, 
maybe he's got some heels on those. <laughs> and they just couldn't get past it. I want to know what got him to drop out. Like, was it, did, did his wife finally whisper in his ear, like, it's time to pack it up, Ron? Casey? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, she was like, Ronald. <laughs> we got to stop. Like, this is the, Ronald, I don't, you have kids to raise. She was like, Iowa was already asking a lot for me to be there. Uh-huh. And now you want me to go to New Hampshire? It's not going to happen. <laughs> so maybe that's what it was. Some people have speculated that Trump made him an offer. Like, I'll give you a cabinet spot if you drop out now. There's no way. The, even if Trump made that offer, he's not sticking by it. Like, there's no way. I will, I will fucking, I'll eat my words if DeSantis somehow gets a position in the Trump presidency should he win. Yeah. No, that would be crazy. Uh-huh. Because uh, cool, I've seen people coping like DeSantis heads. Yeah. Because uh, that's a, a group of people that exist. <laughs> I've seen some of them, or I saw some of them on Twitter coping like, uh, rumor is that DeSantis got offered vice president. No, he didn't. No, it's no, the no fuck fucking chance. I'm reluctant to say that another person mm-hmm. who dropped out of the race is going to be vice president. Yeah. I, I am. Yeah. There's no chance Ron DeSantis gets vice president, especially because I think Trump is, and his campaign is smart enough at the very least to know that Ron DeSantis does not appeal to anybody that Trump can't appeal to himself. Mm-hmm. What, who they need to get is like the more moderates, um, you know, women living in the suburbs, that kind of thing that yeah. Biden picked up last election. They're not getting any of them with Ron DeSantis. And no, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> if anything, they get him with Nikki Haley. Yeah, maybe. We're looking at some demographic information. Or Kari Lake. Oh. Kari Lake. That's, 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 the, the, I'm the certified hit pick. I'm standing Certified hit pick. So moving on, last week we got the first set of election results for the 2024 U.S. presidential election, which is uh, pretty nutty to me. We're talking about Iowa, so I think we can run through some of these results. Yes, sir. uh, And then we will uh, go through some details that we noticed and talk about maybe a path to victory for our uh, our candidate, Nikki Haley. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back in Nikki Haley. Vivek's out. DeSantis is out. That's right. Who else? I'm back back in Nikki Haley. Uh, so let's run through these results. So Trump got first place, obviously, with 51% of the vote, uh, 51,000 votes and about 20 delegates to the convention. Ron DeSantis came in second place with 21.2% of the vote, 23,000 votes and nine delegates to the convention. Nikki Haley got 19.1% of the vote, 21,000 votes and eight delegates. Vivek Ramaswamy got seven point, a measly 7.7% of the vote. That's only eight and a half thousand votes and three delegates. Other candidates are not even worth talking that, that's about. Seven, seven for Vivek. That's about what we predicted. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Trump, no, we Trump got Vivek, was outside right? of our range just by like one, right? Yeah. Well, we, we put Trump a little bit higher and we put Nikki and Ron a little bit lower, mm-hmm. but I think based off polling data, that was a good prediction to make. And also there's a couple of confounding variables. For example, the weather apparently was really bad in Iowa, like the same night of the Iowa caucus. Yeah. So maybe that encouraged some Trump voters to not go out. There's also a lot of polling that has been out that suggests like 80% of the Republican base, or it's, maybe it's 80% of Trump uh, Trump voters. Maybe yeah. the same thing. You know, yeah, might dude, not be a dude, very true, very true. Um, a, a large chunk of Republicans think that Trump's going to win anyway. Yeah. And when you have a primary, the effect of that kind of mindset is usually, I won't even bother voting because he's going to be the uh, nominee uh-huh. anyway. I'll just vote for him in the general. Well, like, especially if there's a fucking ice storm going on outside. Yeah. Like, one of the worst storms they've had all year, I wouldn't fucking go vote Mm -hmm. i I wouldn't do it so uh lacking that uh that ice storm and lacking what is just um people assuming trump's gonna win i think our prediction comes true just saying for sure for sure you know if i'm just like a conservative in general i'm thinking you know trump's got it in the bag i'm not gonna vote and i'm gonna tell my friends and family to not vote either Mm -hmm. even in the general election like he's gonna win in the general election (laughs) like he's got it in the bag like you know what i'm saying uh any immediate details that uh that you notice from these results anything that jumps out at you um Um, anything surprising i thought maybe nikki might have clutched it out Oh, really? I thought over maybe Ron? she could have clutched it out over Ron. And they're closer than I feel like I thought they a would be. A lot closer, yeah. And they have obviously more votes than yeah, I thought they would have got. It's especially surprising because you got to remember Ron DeSantis dumped 
millions of dollars into Iowa. Exactly. Nikki Haley paid for ads too, but she spent much more time in New Hampshire, which seems like at least uh, <laughs> if for the race for seconds going to pay off for her. It seems like she won that race yeah, for second. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, for Ron DeSantis to win in Iowa by only a couple percentage points, only about two percentage points is pretty embarrassing. And I think that's got to be one of the things that motivated his dropping out so quickly mm-hmm. after that. Well, it's my, again, my favorite part about the whole thing is Ron DeSantis toward all 99 counties dumped so much money into Iowa to not win a single county. Yes. But you know who did win one single county? Nikki Haley. (laughs) Nikki Haley. Johnson County by one vote, baby. Oh, my God. fucking Marxist. Trump did not sweep Uh Iowa. He did not. 98 (laughs) counties. 98 counties, but he didn't get that last one. And it was by one vote. Yeah. So the weather suppressed turnout, as I said, uh, voters might be taking for granted that Trump could win. But the final possible explanation is uh, maybe Trump. Isn't as strong as we thought. <laughs> maybe there's maybe there's some, some breakage in the Republican hey man, Party. All I'm saying is there's a crack. Yeah, <laughs> there's a crack. Things are starting. One county. Things are starting to fall apart. There's yeah. a crack in the foundation. You know, in a little bit, this house might come crumbling it, down. It's like when you get a crack in your windshield and it grows. Exactly. It grows exactly. That crack in the windshield is that one county Nikki Haley won. <laughs> a little a little fucking pebble hits your windshield. Uh-huh. You think, I'm chilling. All it I'm takes fine. is a spark. I'm going to keep cruising down and I'm going to ignore this crack. I'm not even going to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. Maybe I'll talk a little shit on it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your windshield's gone and you're you're in the ditch. Yeah, I should also say Asa Hutchinson dropped out formally, Fuck. and he endorsed Nikki Haley, he waited, actually. He waited this long to so drop out. He threw his um, tenth of a percent behind Nikki Haley. <laughs> that, you know, that's big. what that's literally what did it in <laughs> yeah. one county. So, uh, yeah, that's the Iowa caucus. Uh, Trump claimed the W, of course, as he should, because he yeah. won, um, by about 30 points over Ron DeSantis. As I said, DeSantis still... Um, claimed the victory, sort of. Like he said, we got our ticket punched. He didn't say, like, I won overall, but Uh he was, you know, holding a rally to say, like, he said something along the lines of, like, the press has been writing our obituary since spring or something like that. And it's like, I guess they were right. Yeah, I mean, shit, I I was doing that. (laughs) The lamestream media got you this time, Ron. I don't know what to say. Um, And I'm just confused, like, how... Maybe this always happens, and I'm just paying attention now more than ever, but I'm confused how he goes out on Monday night or, you know, Tuesday morning, whenever the the polls were finally out and he could do this, he announced what was sort of a victory speech yeah. at uh, after the Iowa caucuses. He seems geeked to lose. And then six days later, on Sunday, uh, middle of the day, he's just like, yeah, I'm out. Like, like whatever. What, what yeah. happened in these six days, Ron? I need to know what happened. He didn't happened. even wait for New Hampshire. Like, Doug, no. you're right there. Yeah. It's in two days. Yeah. I mean, the polling, and we'll get into New Hampshire in a second, but maybe the polling was telling him, you're about to face an embarrassing defeat in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Drop out beforehand, so now when you get 5% but of the like, vote, it doesn't look as bad on you. I don't know what's more embarrassing than what happened in Iowa. Yeah. how much money he wasted in that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't Voters know what's money. more embarrassing. Exactly. This donation money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Astonishingly, though, before... Before Ron DeSantis dropped out, that's important to remember here. Yep. Before Ron DeSantis dropped out, <laughs> Nikki Haley claimed that the primary was a two-person race. You need to remember this happened at a time after Monday of last week. This yep. happened when Ron DeSantis came in second place above her by two percent. <laughs> Nikki Haley comes out before Ron DeSantis said he was out of the race. Nikki Haley comes out and says this is officially a two-person race. Nikki Haley, the third person, yeah, the third yeah. person said this is a two-person. Race. Nikki Haley, the person who couldn't win I, the race to second. And look, I hate to say this, but. I, She's she's right. <laughs> now she is, right? I don't know what kind of dirt she pulled up on Ron. Yeah. I don't know what happened there, but he didn't have to give this to her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this led, of course, right after this to her announcing that she wouldn't debate Ron DeSantis, which um, led to us canceling the mm-hmm. live stream that we were supposed to be doing tonight. It would have been good. Um, you but know? Uh, we, we weren't able to do it regardless, even if we wanted to, because CNN said uh, yeah. no. 
you you would you could have heard so much about who wants to invade Mexico harder. Yeah. Uh, who hates fentanyl the most? It's kind of uh, it's kind of the end of an era, really. I it, mean, yeah, we started strong in August with that first debate live stream. Man, it's did I several more it's, since that. I can't believe it's been six months. Um, I can't believe it's six months that they were going. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they did more than three. I'm gonna say that uh, the point at which the point of no return for Ron DeSantis wasn't. A lot of people will say it was his announcement on X. You know, that was oh, this, yeah, that was the beginning of the end for him. And, and you know, you know I, I maybe I can I, I can see it. where you're coming from. I'd accept the argument, but I think the the beginning of the end was the Gavin Newsom debate. Because <laughs> what are you thinking, man? Complete waste of time. Just no reason to do it. Like, Kennedy look, is throwing him layups. I I hate Nikki Haley for what she did, saying she wouldn't debate Ron DeSantis. Yeah, because maybe that played into his idea. Like, I'm not even going to do this anymore. That's fucking up my content. Too. Exactly. Well, I, yeah, I hate her for doing that and taking content. We got it. I mean, smart move by her. Exactly. She recognized exactly. in New Hampshire he's not really a threat. No reason to debate him. We've always said Trump is smart for not debating them. It would just platform them and, and make them look legitimate next to him. And at least he's but, like, at least he was in the race. Yeah. Gavin yeah, exactly. Newsom? Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom not Man. in the race. Uh, we also have to announce, very sadly, Q Marvin's room, that Vivek Ramaswamy has dropped out of the presidential election. This was, you got to respect him for announcing this, like, the same night that the results came out in <laughs> Iowa. You know, he, he, <laughs> yeah. you know, he lost gracefully. Yeah. And there is respect to be thrown at that, you know, that it takes yeah. a lot. It takes a lot of heart. I think I saw around midnight um, after the results came out from Iowa that, that Vivek had dropped out. So you got you got to respect him knowing right away, like, yep, yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, I give him that one at least. But uh, I do have a little a fun little news tidbit. Not really fun. Kind of awful, yep. really. But um, after Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out of the presidential race, the Babylon Bee, which it feels too charitable to say they're the conservative answer to the onion. But I don't know what other way to put it. The onion. Well, you know, to preface it, the onion is funny and yes. Babylon B is incredibly unfunny. So yeah. in a way. They are the conservative answer <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, Babylon Bee. Fair enough. Well, the Babylon Bee dropped this crazy headline about Vivek. They said, quote, Trump promises Vivek an administration position running the White House 7-Eleven. And it's an edited picture of Vivek into a 7-Eleven t-shirt. Um, Fucking insane. Just racism? I, like, I, it's I, just racism. And it's... It's the most bottom of the barrel racism yes. too. Like yeah. you, you don't know enough about any. The only thing you know about, uh, not even know. I don't even want to yeah. say no. But the only thing you think you know about any is like Seven Eleven, huh? Yeah, he's like, oh, Indian, Indian store, Indian guy. Oh, I saw this on The Simpsons one time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about, dog? This is crazy. It's just straight up racism. And a bunch of conservatives were laughing at it. Obviously, there were yeah. some conservatives I'll say that were like, hey, this isn't cool in the comments. Which, cause like, but like, you know, the big ones like Matt Walsh were like, no, this. This is funny. This That's, is good content. Because he has the humor of a seventh grader. And it just comes across as like, we know Trump is racist. We know we're racist and get owned because this is funny. Yeah. Like that's uh-huh. how it comes across. And it's anyone who doesn't think is this is funny is clearly a liberal. Yeah. And, and so they're not in our circle anyway. And and Vivek responded and he's like, you know, he's laughing it off like, oh, I'm a survivor. And, you know, saying like, oh, I survived a, uh-huh. an attack from the media or whatever. Or he said some shit. Thank you for coming to visit. Yeah. Some shit like that. Brother. Um, you're a victim. Like, brother, this is how they see you. This is how they've always seen you. That's not a good thing. Bro firmly planted himself in the cuck chair. Yeah. He firmly planted himself in the cuck chair. He is yeah. sitting in that corner and watching. The article itself isn't much better either. It's it's just like a couple of paragraphs. Yeah, I mean, you can hardly call Babylon B articles articles. Yeah. They're really just, honestly, racist headlines yep. or the most bottom of the barrel uh, t- socialist <laughs> yeah. headline. And I've, ugh, yeah. This one was just astonishing because it's like, I, I feel like they had this one loaded up for a while mm-hmm. and we're just holding on to it 
were just holding on to it until they could use it when they knew Vivek was going to drop out. Because that's like, that's premeditated racism. 100%. Right I'm sure much. they dropped it like two minutes after, too. They oh, saw the yeah. announcement. They had the tweet drafted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's bad, dog. Like the if if you're listening right now and you haven't seen the edit, go look it up because it's it's Vivek in a Seven Eleven shirt. Not even like that good either. It's uh-huh. Not even a great edit. Yeah, it's um, just some casual racism for uh, for you. But from, I mean, uh, what, what more do we expect from yeah. them? And what more do we expect from the people who are willing to go up there and just completely tokenize themselves yeah. for the the most marginal power? Because like mm-hmm. what people are saying, Vivek VP, because he showed up, he endorsed Trump. Trump and him were talking. Trump is like, oh, oh big yeah. things, big things for Vivek going forward. And everyone's like, oh, Vivek VP, yeah, woohoo. And then, you know, the base Babylon B enjoyers are laughing at the 7-Eleven beam. Yeah. I don't think there's much in this guy's future except like, I don't know, Pete Buttigieg's gig. Yeah, no, he's he's Pete Buttigieg. Uh-huh. He is Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> like, he is not going to get the VP position. Don't let anybody tell you or anybody make you think that Vivek is going to get the VP spot. He could get some cabinet position, uh, Secretary of Commerce or something yeah. like that. Or I, I put him as Secretary of Labor in my dream cabinet I, for I, Trump. Because <laughs> that would be true. hilarious. That's true. I think realistically, if Betsy DeVos, I, if he didn't want to go with Betsy again, I feel like he could put Vivek in uh, education. Talk, well, he did talk about just abolishing it. <laughs> He's, you know, identical to Betsy DeVos and what they want to do to education. They want to get rid of every public school yeah. in the country. So he's gonna, he'll probably get a, can, uh, a cabinet spot for his efforts and his dropping out and immediately endorsing Trump and him yeah. never really hating on Trump well, That's at all. what I was going to say. He never turned his back on Trump. He yeah. was always trying to do this, and yeah. this is exactly what he wanted. Well, now that uh, Iowa is complete, our next state to watch is New Hampshire, whose GOP primary is happening on January 23rd, a day before this episode releases for everybody oh else. Oh, my God. Uh, the Democratic primary for New Hampshire isn't happening for a while, so this is a little confusing. So mm-hmm. listen up. Okay. Uh, they're still doing a primary on Tuesday. Uh, but that does not hold any delegates for the Democratic Party because the party hmm? changed the schedule. New Hampshire's mad that they changed the schedule, so they said we're still going to hold our primary. Why? Why? But the, the the party doesn't recognize this vote as the actual vote that assigns delegates. Why? Why do they care? Uh, I think New Hampshire actually has it written into their law that they have to be the first primary state. What? And it's like, your law doesn't supersede anything else. I'm saying your law also doesn't really dictate the law of a private entity because, again, these are private. Yeah. Like the DNC is a private institution. These primary elections are all run private. They're not run by any state or federal government. Mm-hmm. So what what are you thinking? Like, no, you guys, you have to. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> and I think in retaliation, the New Hampshire Democrats kicked Biden off the ballot. For like, this one? In, like in protest, yeah. I thought, I thought Biden wasn't on the New Hampshire ballot because they just didn't file in time. Or maybe they didn't file. They just didn't recognize it. Something happened where Biden's not on the ballot. Maybe in this one, like the fake one that they're doing in protest, yeah. they're like, no, you, you can't. You cannot come play with us. Yeah. But in the real one, you missed the deadline. Yeah, so we're going to see a, a Marianne Williamson sweep or something <laughs> in New Hampshire. Oh, then we're going to see the most awful people come out in the fucking <laughs> comments. Look, she has a chance. Guys, they won the primary snowball. No, oh, that's, my God. That's Williamson exactly. In 2023. That's exactly why I'm saying this right now, because we're going to. Biden isn't on the ballot. I think some people are trying to do like a write-in for him. It doesn't fucking yeah. matter. It doesn't assign delegates. Biden's not on the ballot in November. Uh, or not in November, in New Hampshire, sorry. Uh-huh. Um, in November, he's, he's crazy. He's, he's not going to win the New Hampshire primary that's going to happen in just a few days. People are going to be like, oh my God, look, Biden lost you. All of you liberals said we couldn't do it. <laughs> look, fucking it. Biden wasn't in it and Sank Uger won 13% yeah. of the vote. No. 
It's not going to happen. So um, just keep in mind that uh, this is not real. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter for it. doesn't even have delegates, so it, did, it doesn't <laughs> apply. Uh, but speaking of New Hampshire with our GOP candidates, Nikki Haley is banking quite a lot on New Hampshire. Polling puts her, and this is before Ron DeSantis dropped out, so just keep in mind. Yeah. Before Ron DeSantis dropped out, polling put her at about 30 to 35% to Trump's 50%. And um, I mean... She absorbs all those extra votes. Yeah. Uh, the DeSantis votes? You yeah. think so? Oh, wait. No, she actually, yeah, yeah. she does not absorb no. the DeSantis votes. I, I think a lot of those DeSantis votes just go to Trump. She's staying firmly at 30 to 35%, and Trump is jumping up to 65. Yeah. You don't think we see a Nikki Surge, a Sergey Haley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, maybe we see a Surge. If we if we dare see a Sergey Haley uh-huh. in New Hampshire, there's it's not following up anywhere else. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but like, that's kind of like the the overarching theme of like you know I, maybe we're not a geopolitics or election politics podcast anymore mm-hmm. maybe because the news is boring now we're a detroit lions and Juju's kind of <laughs> podcast. yeah you guys read those leaks <laughs> <laughs> 249's kind of crazy anyway i'm excited for, or 249 or 250 but um anyway it's like the whole time the iowa caucus is happening there's also coming in i was just kind of left like oh trump won yeah what uh, New Hampshire's gonna happen. Trump's gonna win. Yeah. Well, speaking of the lines, they just won. They actually just <laughs> looked oh, okay, that up okay. a second ago. <laughs> yeah, lines so, just beat uh, the Bucks. Uh, because we're Florida in Detroit, Owen lines, two. Florida zero and two today, baby. <laughs> Fuck them. Ron to drop out. Fuck you, Ron dog. to drop out. Tampa, Tampa losers. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Dog. The Bucks following in line with their governor, taking uh, a fucking L, bro. I'm sleeping two, with the door unlocked. Two massive L's for Florida tonight. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. Two massive L's for Florida in 2024. I'm gonna drive back to. Detroit tonight sleeping with the door open. You know, the general election, that's the Super Bowl for people like us. It's <laughs> the Super Bowl for people like us, and Florida's not making it to either. I'm just saying, Dan Campbell's got the blessing of God. <laughs> Absolutely, anyway. brother. But that's, So if anybody's <laughs> got playoff politics. tickets for uh, and a plane ticket for me to fly to San Francisco next week, <laughs> uh, I'll trade a appearance on the pod. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can come fill in for Gage. That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, talking about Nikki Haley, she's uh, yeah, she's sitting at about thirty to thirty-five percent. Um, I don't know. I mean, does do you think if she wins this, is she like justified in staying in the race and seeing it out through Nevada, South Carolina in February? Dude, like, I don't even know. Like, honestly, I don't think any of them are justified. In staying well, of in course the race. not. But from her perspective, from the the Sergey Haley know, perspective, if you know, if I'm Nikki Haley and I don't know, I enjoy this somehow. I think like, all right, I could get some free travel. Yeah, I could get some donors to pay for me to I don't know fucking fly around and go visit places. I guess. <laughs> yeah, because she's not winning. What else are you doing? And that's why it's like the pri- these primaries are so much more unexciting than I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh Trump won. Yeah. Trump landslide victory. Trump won. Not even a plurality, just a majority. A firm majority. Yeah. I See, I don't know what happens because if she does fine in this election, in this New Hampshire election, Nevada's not till I think February 3rd or something like that. So, okay. Uh, and then South Carolina's at the end of February for the GOP or maybe the other way around. But yeah. the next election is not until February. Um, you know, that's that's two weeks or so, I think, until, you know, she gets another chance uh, <laughs> at winning anything. It's like, do you want to stay in the election that long when mm-hmm. we all know it's a waste of time and that you're not going to win because no other state in this country is going to vote in the Republican primary like New Hampshire will? I don't know. Maybe she does a uh, maybe she does like a Nevada town hall yeah. on CNN to try to boost herself. But I honestly, I don't even know what she would be boosting herself for. Yeah. None of these people are going to be running in 2028. And if they are, they're just going to get cooked by whoever didn't betray Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Nikki Haley has set herself up decently. Like she is clearly in the moderate lane 
Um, other people have said this, but now she's in a position to where if Trump wins the primary and then loses to Biden, she could say, told you so. I told you Trump oh, was going to lose. That's already what she's doing. Yeah, exactly. She's already pulling up polling numbers that have her beating Biden like 53 to 48 or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, so she's not in a bad position there, but like short term, she's not going to win. I think it's only a matter of time before mm-hmm. she drops out. She probably won't endorse. Maybe she fucking will endorse Trump. I don't, I don't know. know. And it's like, what? Is, what? I, I don't know what she gains other than maybe being the UN, UN ambassador again. Again. Which, I, I mean, <laughs> frankly, I don't know how that job can get much more evil yeah, right I, now. And I don't even think she gets chosen for VP. No, absolutely not. Not, not I, just because I'm standing behind my Kari Lake prediction. Yeah, yeah. But because, like, I, I think she, even though she hasn't attacked Trump that much, I think she's burned the bridge enough and Trump is petty enough to where he's not going to assign her to even vice like, president. Be, because I feel like all of the wins that he might gain with Nikki Haley being his VP against suburban white woman, a huge demographic that he needs to win, be able to win the general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just kind of gets with Kari Lake. Yeah. Maybe maybe he doesn't get them as well because Carly Lake hasn't made herself kind of this uh kind of a moderate colloquially on abortion uh, mm-hmm. while still being very pro life. Maybe I, I don't know. But yeah. still I mean Nikki Haley's got some benefits if he chose her for, for vice president because she's a lot more moderate and he's he's gotta win those moderate votes. But I I just can't see him picking any of the dudes from the yeah. primary because it's hard to imagine like winning an election without uh women supporting mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you kinda need that, especially yeah. with abortion being like one of the main issues. Yeah. I think he's gotta pick someone like Kari Lake for, for vice president. That's what I was about to say too. I don't know how he could reconcile within the party yeah. having or within the diehards in the party because I Honestly, abortion is still popular amongst conservatives, popular amongst 70% of the country is pro it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know how he could reconcile having his VP have a very like uh, moderate stance when it's convenient yeah. on abortion, him being just hardline pro-life. Right. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to continue to come out as, as abortion is going to be the number one national issue. Yeah. Well, I, I know for certain it, it won't be Vivek. It won't be Ron DeSantis. It's Vivek before it's Haley. Ron to drop out. And Ronda I, drop I don't out. think it'll be Nikki Haley. That, I saw somebody speculating about a short list. Some people make up shit all the time around election time. But uh-huh. someone was like, I found a leaks for the short list and Nikki Haley was on it. I don't believe that. Like, I, I just, everything Trump has said about Nikki Haley, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it's not going to be Mike Pence again. You know, maybe we'll start uh, whoring for engagement, and we'll just go on TikTok Live and post our short list, and it's just like, oh yeah, who's going to be <laughs> who's going to VP Nikki Haley? You know, like those uh those anime lives that are like worst anime of all time: Jujutsu Kaisen, <laughs> Demon Slayer, Dragon Ball, Naruto. <laughs> we'll start, we'll start doing that just farming content. Exactly. If views drop in twenty twenty four, hey. Uh. You know it's coming. Well, we got a couple more elections to watch out for. Look out on two. Maybe they won't announce the uh, the the results like thirty minutes after the polls yeah. open. Because that was crazy. <laughs> like right after the polls opened in Iowa, they dropped the results. Like while people are still there. Come on, because like, because <laughs> like, come on. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the AP got a lot of flack for doing this, but I actually maybe this is a hot take. I actually don't think they're that in the wrong because they they did it based off entry uh, polls. Yeah, they just asked people as they're walking in, uh, who are you going to vote for? Who do you plan a caucus for? And if they said Donald Trump, you know, they wrote it down and, and like Nikki Haley and so on. Mind. Um, and so the AP proved and they were correct that Trump mathematically couldn't lose. Yeah, it's 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 exactly like yeah. how Fox News caught a lot of flack during the 2020, uh, 2020 yeah. election for calling Arizona for Biden like fucking six hours before anyone <laughs> yeah. else. And did. then it, and then it went for Biden. And the thing is, like when the AP or Fox News or whoever 
says that this is who's going to win. It's a projection. They're not saying mm-hmm. like the delegates have been assigned or the electoral votes have been assigned. It's their projection based off the math that they've got. And they weren't incorrect. Yeah. Like they're not saying this is who won. They're saying the AP calls the race for Donald Trump and then the votes will be tallied. And for the case of a primary, it'll be handled by the party itself. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, you can't get mad at them if they're right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's why that Fox News moment, one of my favorite moments in politics. Oh, Since yeah. I've been following politics, that's top five. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah. When Trump calls the Fox News, they're like, you got to take that back. <laughs> and then they they brought out, uh-huh. the, I don't know, statistician yeah. from the back room to do a little presentation. I know, guys, like Maricopa <laughs> County has gone this far. Like 98% of the vote is in here. Like this is this is how it's going to go. And they still look dumbfounded. I oh, man, I can't wait for that this year. Brian Kilmeade had a tough job. Had a tough job. That Yeah. 24 hour stream on election night. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that shit's going to be I crazy. Also, I also got to know, I love how, you know, obviously we pushed the pod back today. That's why we were able to learn that Ron DeSantis dropped out. It would have been devastating. Oh yeah. Had we that news would have happened, happened mid-podcast. I do got to say, instead of just getting rid of the Ron DeSantis commentary in the show notes, it's just stricken from the record. It's yeah. just it's just crossed out. Oh, that's what I did earlier. <laughs> so funny. I just did the, the strikeout because, I mean, we've got notes in here like... <laughs> DeSantis is closed out of New Hampshire. What is he going to do? Maybe, like, what happens if DeSantis gets 15%? Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, he's done. He's cooked. He's out of here. Got to appreciate that. Do you ever think, I want to buy my way into heaven? Always. I want to buy my way into the good graces of the people that I'm listening to in my ears right now. That's right. You can do that if you head over to patreon.com slash head in the office pod. And not only will you be supporting the show, not only will you Mm -hmm. get early access to all of the content that we produce, but you'll also get an ad free experience on the Patreon every Sunday, every time we release an episode. You'll be able to pull up to the sermon on Sunday, Mm -hmm. on the Lord's Day, to hear the gospel as it's spoken. Yeah, no more being late, no more interruptions mid-episode if you're listening to this ad right now. Exactly. It's on patreon.com slash head in the office pod. It's one of the best ways to support the show. It's one of the longest enduring ways to support the show. Help help buy buy a pass from all the sins you've committed. Mm -hmm. Start coming to church and we can get things going. Yeah, that's only if you head over to patreon.com slash head in the office pod in the description it's there for you uh i think it's time to move on to some geopolitics as always you know what i'm saying we're number yeah. one podcast got to keep up with it uh so last week we covered uh israel gaza in relation to the houthis in yemen pretty mm-hmm. extensively i think a lot of that analysis still holds up in the face of uh, you know bombardments continuing on uh houthi military targets in yeah. yemen but there is um one massive caveat we okay. got to talk about all right word and that caveat was opened up i guess i would say by our very own president Joe Biden. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I love it when this guy makes our job harder. Oh, yeah. So uh, according to The Guardian, the U.S. continues to carry out airstrikes and military targets, uh, airstrikes on military targets in Yemen. The fifth strike just happened this past week. They may have done more since I wrote that. That was a mm-hmm. couple of days ago. Um, here's the caveat, though. Uh, Biden was asked by some reporter about the attacks on the Houthis and if they're yeah. working. And this was the quote from Joe Biden. He said, quote, when you say working, are they stopping the Houthis? No. Are they going to continue? Yes. That was, that was from Biden himself. Why the why the fuck would you say that? <laughs> yeah. what, what? Well, it's not like just why would you say that? If the attacks aren't working, stop. Why would we do them? Yeah, then like, why don't we stop then? What do you uh, All of our commentary last week rested on this idea that like it would be an effective deterrent strategy. You know, we're talking about maritime trade, we're talking about the justifications and the pretext behind what the Houthis are doing. But if if like empirically the attacks straight up aren't working. There's no reason to continue doing yeah. that. Yeah, that's the like that's that's the logic behind like all military action. 
is is if it doesn't work, there, there's no there's no point in doing it. I I think there's still a bit of the argument that holds weight that like okay they they are launching attacks at civilian vessels traveling yeah. through the Red Sea by their own admission they are not just attacking vessels heading to Israel and with American yes, interest yeah. they are just attacking any vessel that they want to that goes by. I still think based on that there is merit in strikes, but. It, you know, it's really hard to say there's merit in strikes when the the guy that's doing them <laughs> is saying, "Oh no, they're not. They're working. meritless. They're, actually, these, <laughs> they're meritless. <laughs> they're just for fun. Like, what? What do you? <laughs> well, why would you? Oh my god! And like, if if they really are not working, if this isn't just a Biden flip, stop the strikes. Then yeah. I then uh, pretty staunchly, I'm anti-strike. Then yeah, golly no. man, it's like I, yeah, we we talked about how the piracy is unjust, and I still think what the Houthis are doing is unjustified. Of course, yes, like, that bit of the analysis doesn't change. I still think the piracy can't be allowed under like any system, any economic system or government system. But if the U.S. is launching these airstrikes against the Houthis and providing them with the sort of symbolic legitimacy as, as they've suggested, because they're saying like, look, we're fighting against, back against the U.S. empire mm -hmm. and the strikes aren't working, then why do we continue to give them legitimacy? Why do we continue to, to rile up support uh, for them against us? Like, yeah. what, What's the point? There's there's no payoff here like, at like all. Why, why do we allow them to be galvanized by this? Hey, yeah. Man, yeah. Man. And the frustrating thing to me is like leftists, obviously, uh, the leftists that disagree with us on this, like latched onto this, which is like, can't even blame them. Joe yeah. Biden's the one saying <laughs> it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and they've just been kind of swallowing the Houthi propaganda whole. But it's uh, just, they. <laughs> and at the same time, liberals are supporting military strikes that only galvanize support for the Houthis, don't actually do anything to stop them from attacking vessels. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just going fucking crazy here. Well, you know, like what's going on? feels like we're the only good faith actors around. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know what? If the, if the strikes are going to work, if they're attacking civilians, that's going to be something I say you can't do. Uh-huh. You know, I, you, no matter who, I don't think you can attack civilians. And not controversial. Yeah. So or carry out strikes that get rid of the infrastructure that they are using to attack civilians and disrupt maritime train that not only affects us, mm -hmm. but affects people in poorer countries way more. Yeah. Way more sensitive to supply shocks. Even 10-day lapses in trade yeah. can affect them I, and have devastating effects. I, I uh, think Egypt was was hurt the most out of all yeah. of this. I think that was the calculation. Nice. Which is like Egypt is not. Exactly. <laughs> like, what like, are they doing? No matter what way you square it, I don't think – I think the Houthis are, again, opportunists. I don't think they're – like, there's there's no merit in we're doing this to stop Israel. Well, and even if they weren't just opportunists, like, can can anybody use the pretext of something bad happening to attack innocent to people? To do bad things. Like, I, like we can't yeah. allow that to happen either. You know what I mean? Even if they're serious about wanting but to support Israel. God damn, when you have the president of the United yeah. States get him saying, no, we're, ju we're just doing it for fun. Yeah. We're, you know, got to spend that budget. Use it or lose it. It's like you're trying to lose the election, dog. No, because he is. <laughs> I swear to God, he's trying to lose the election. Every week, there's a new thing that comes out pertaining to specifically Israel, Gaza, where he just does a thing like, oh, unconditional aid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just fucking bombing Yemen. Uh -huh. he, he takes the Hassan framing and he doesn't say, you know, we're... we're Striking military targets. We're bombing Yemen. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, brother. He's not making it easy. No. And that's like, trust me, I wish I could get on here and and be all philosophical about how radical I am and talk about Marxism and, you know, Medicare for all and all of this stuff. I, I, wish, I, I wish we could do that. But there just isn't the time when Biden is saying dumb shit like this, when leftists are falling for Houthi propaganda, and then we have to explain all of it and give you, like, the materialist answer that just ends up with us, like, not even being able to make that, any radical that, critique. That just ends up with there being... No fucking solution. Yeah. Because it's either, okay, you let them continue to attack civilian ships, maybe fucking kill somebody that didn't have anything to do with any of this. Yeah. Just some fucking worker who is on a ship, or you strike them. Yeah. For nothing, I get. Like, it's... It,
such a such a such a sad <laughs> state right now. And yeah, Joe, and then if you do you, if you do strike him, the president's gonna be like, "Yes, it's not working, but we're gonna keep doing it." <laughs> yeah, and he gets out and says this in the face of I think the worst approval ratings in the history of the presidency. Mm-hmm. Oh my, absolutely tanking, especially within our demographic. What eighteen to thirty five? Oh yeah, holy shit, man! Yeah, a bottom lot of, of the barrel approval person. rating, worse than Trump in some instances. Yeah, it feels like he's he's not trying very hard to win. He's not trying very hard mm-hmm. to win, and the handlers around him must not be trying very hard either. Yeah, and fucking at least some people in the Senate are starting to turn around. I think there were sixty senators that just came out and said we need to start conditioning aid. Which <laughs> Wait, like, seriously? Something I was reading something earlier. There were sixty not senators. That would be that House people. Okay, yeah, House 60 people. 60 Democrats that are starting to kind of like uh, turn on Biden a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think they petitioned Blinken to start saying, er, no, it wasn't about conditioning aid. It was about whether or not Israel should be able to kick out literally every single Palestinian from Gaza. Oh, the bare minimum. They're like, we got to say he can't do that. And it's <laughs> like, yeah. You know what? The fact that only 60 of you are saying that is kind of concerning. 60 Democrats are like, hey, ethnic cleansing is not hey, cool. Literally <laughs> cleansing the land of a people should happen, guys. They wrote it, but it's like they wrote a strongly worded letter. They yeah. didn't even take it to the media. Yeah. They're, they want to lose, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Speaking of, of Biden doing nothing, uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken met with Netanyahu um, and apparently expressed to him, and this is what I read, that there isn't a military solution to Hamas. Uh, and reportedly, Netanyahu just disagreed and left. That's so, so liberalism, I guess. That is that not is trying so very hard sick. at all. I, I, I don't know why we let every single Israeli in a position of power just not answer any of these questions. Yeah. Just give complete non-answers. I, I don't know what, sh- like, program it was, but the one, like, an Israeli spokesperson or an IDF spokesperson, like, one of the one of the head guys yeah. was on this interview show this past week. I saw it on Majority Report, Sam Cedar. And they were, um he, he was basically asked, like, the, the interviewer had actually pressed him mm-hmm. about what the fuck is going on in Gaza, because how do you not? Yeah. You, you can't have journalistic integrity and not press the guys who are literally doing genocide. Right. In 2024. Not even 2024. 20, you know what I mean? And he's, wow. he he said, well, you know, Hamas, they did the October 7th attack, so they deserve this. And the interviewer rightly said, what about all the stuff that was going on before <laughs> October 7th? Yeah. And the, the spokesperson, Israel's spokesperson response was, how dare you try to contextualize this? What do you mean, how dare you contextualize this? <laughs> to contextualize something is not to excuse something. And that's something that that... that that's just true. If it did, then our commentary would be unjust on this mm-hmm. issue because we've spent a lot of time trying to contextualize what happened on October 7th and contextualize Hamas's how existence. Could, how could but context ever be bad? Contextual, Exactly. Contextualizing something does not mean excusing it. Yeah. Contextualizing something can be an excuse depending on the context, but what contextualizing is at its base level is providing an explanation. And mm-hmm. when we're talking about thousands of people dying, we ought to be able to explain the conditions that led to this happening in the first place so we can i don't know avoid them in the future yeah it's like self-evidently true that context is like fine important (laughs) yeah dare i say when we're talking about geopolitical conflicts that could end with the mass displacement and already has produced the mass displacement of like two million people 85 percent of palestinians in gaza cannot return to their homes we've had more than one percent of the population die i don't even know if they have any functional hospitals left this week they just finished bombing every single university in in gaza that's crazy just gone now because you know hamas is uh in every bit of important infrastructure Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying oh my god 
God. Uh, in some uh, direct Israel news, though, last week we saw the beginning of the ICJ trial for Israel on charges of genocide. It's a, it's about what we expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Africa said, hey, this is uh, genocide. Here's why you guys have uh, basically been saying, let's do a genocide. Yeah. And then Israel said, uh, well, Hamas. Um, I, October so, 7th. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what Which, do you mean? Uh, by the way, uh, is not what the charge is about. <laughs> Hamas isn't on trial. Hamas couldn't be put on trial. They're not a country. <laughs> Uh, and Hamas is not um, relevant, really. I'm surprised their defense wasn't, you guys are not offered a condemnation of Hamas. <laughs> I, he probably I said that at some point. refuse to engage with this discussion. Uh, a cool headline I saw was that a retired Israeli Supreme Court judge who isn't involved in this case said that he was watching the case and that South Africa is a Hamas proxy, which I think is fucking is sick it, as hell. Is, is it the Israeli Supreme Court that I think right before this whole genocide happened and before the October 7th attacks happened gave like create a crazy amount of power to Netanyahu and they're like big protests about I think it so, or yeah. was it Netanyahu that stripped the Supreme Court of powers I don't remember actually man fuck it maybe maybe we're not in the number one GMO. no fuck yeah, don't I'm say just that kidding. don't I'm say just that kidding, don't say guys. that uh well before we get off the topic of Israel and Gaza I wouldn't let you all get away without some propaganda news I love propaganda gotta talk about propaganda a little I bit love so propaganda. The slogan, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, has been demonized since protests have began against what's happening in Gaza right now, even beforehand, right? It's always been demonized as this sort of inherently anti-Semitic phrase. Well, Benjamin Netanyahu, prime minister of Israel, just said on I-24 News, quote, the state of Israel has to control the entire area from the river to the sea. You know, that's cr- I wouldn't even be surprised if he just got out there and said, well, it was done to us, so why can't we do it to them? <laughs> yeah, well, that's honestly, basically what this is, right? That's been what they've been doing this entire yeah. conflict. Yeah. It's, well, you know, October 7th was done to us, so we can do it to them, but harder. Yeah, well, obviously obviously now this was translated from Hebrew. Others have said it could, it could have been translated as, quote, Israel must have security control over the entire territory west of the Jordan River. Which is... But this is the same thing. Yeah. Right, like he's just doing from the river to the sea uh, a statement that's supposed to be inherently anti-Semitic, inherently genocidal, but then he's going to say, oh, but we're not doing genocide. We're just protecting ourselves. Just given South Africa ammo. It it can't be both, can it? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, hold on, if we're going to be, if if we're going to say this is necessarily anti-Semitic when said in favor of Palestine, is this not just an admission that ethnic cleansing is sort of the end goal here? Yeah. Like, he's just going to get on a news channel, give some speech where he says from the river to the sea, but it's fine when he does it. Uh, well, yeah, of course. What are we talking about? You know, it's, it's okay. It's chill because he, he doesn't like mean it, though. Yeah. He yeah, doesn't mean course. it. And I think that's like a part of what Israel has argued in the ICJ trials. I think one of the things was like there were groups of IDF soldiers chanting about this. Um, I can't remember what it's specifically called, but it's like this invoking something from the Bible mm. that is basically we're going to go to their land and kill everything from the ox to the sheep to the ass to the whatever. Yeah. Something that's very much genocidal, and again, the spokesperson was like, "Well, yeah, you know, some soldiers were doing that, and like that's not our official stance, so they got in trouble." <laughs> Bro, your soldiers, are, come on, now. <laughs> your soldiers, the one that are on the ground, you uh-huh. know, killing civilians, the ones that have killed your own people, Israeli hostages, real as hell. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. Anyways, war is still bad. Um, Biden not doing very much, still pretty weak. Honestly, weaker than ever. Netanyahu's still a, a genocidal maniac, uh, and that sums up Israel and Gaza this week. Have you ever wondered what we're thinking about during mm-hmm. the week? Mm-hmm. Well, I know, know what I'm thinking about. I know what I'm thinking about. Yeah. I probably know what this guy's thinking about too, but mm-hmm. do you? I don't think you do. 
But if you want access into, I don't know, my mind palace, the, yeah. the inner workings of what's going on, how how I come up with the with the bars I need to to develop this show every week, to produce this mm-hmm. wonderful podcast we bring to you every week, why don't you head over, on over to a, a X, formerly known as Twitter.com, uh-huh. and give us a follow, you know? You can also consider becoming a subscriber on YouTube. That's right. Uh, you could follow us on Instagram, see what we're shit posting on the oh stories. Oh, my gosh. We have a plethora of options available to you if you want to engage with the Hitto community. So consider following us on social media. It's completely free. For free. It's completely free and it supports the show. Yeah, Biden just getting on here and just making making our jobs just hell. Uh, more than just him. <laughs> a lot of Democrats. A lot of Democrats. A lot of Democrats. Getting out here just, oh my God, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. It's not good. It'd be pretty cool if we hijacked that infrastructure, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Israel and Democrats who have really bad takes on Israel. Yeah, yeah. We need to talk about a favorite guy. Can you guess who I got up on here next? Um, I mean, I've looked at the notes. I've, I can't at the notes. do you the dear disservice viewer, of, of dear, dear betraying viewer. my own integrity. Can you guess which uh, uh, which which Democrat that has switched up like crazy and mm-hmm. is very, 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 very pro-Israel we're going to be talking about next year? Yeah. Uh, I'll, he, I'll give you a hint. He wore uh, an Israeli flag on his back. That's right. <laughs> and I'll give you another hint. We got to put this man back in a suit. Oh, you know uh, who it is. <laughs> if we're going to have conservative reliefs, we need to dress like a conservative. That's mm-hmm. right, folks. We're talking about John Fetterman. Jonathan. And to no one's surprise, John Fetterman is continuing his uh, his recent conservative streak. This one's not totally about Israel. Okay. But it happened in when on Friday, he spoke with Jake Tapper on his program on mm-hmm. CNN, where... Um, Jake Tapper started the conversation kind of talking about, um, you know, the left, like progressives, they're criticizing you a lot for your mm-hmm. Israel takes and your border takes. Yeah. John, J- uh, Jake Tapper being a journalist. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, God's word. and John Fetterman had a, had, had a, had a couple things to say about it okay. where he essentially took about the border. He framed the influx of migrants from the Southern border as them just blocking the American dream for those who are trying to do things oh the right God. way. And if that's not the most conservative way to frame it, you know what? Wasn't his wife an undocumented immigrant? Yeah. We, we, was she undocumented? I think so, yeah. What, what the fuck about the I, right I'm pretty way? sure he posted about that. Anyway, I mean, it's sort of irrelevant. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, well, he moved on to invoke that, and he moved on to say that while he does support immigration, uh, to the point where he was even attacked by conservatives for his immigration support during his election, he's also a very strong proponent for a secure border. Since when? I'm saying. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm saying. Man. Since man. he stopped wearing suits? God, since, Pennsylvania. Since he wouldn't put a suit on? Pennsylvania elected a fucking Republican to the Senate. Dude, bro. I know. It's like... Joe Manchin announced that he was going to retire, mm-hmm. and John Fetterman said somebody needs to fill that role. <laughs> somebody, somebody Volunteer. needs to step up and fill this man's shoes. Oh my in god! In the fucking the fucking Senate Problem Doers Caucus. Yeah, we need oh to. Oh my god! And he's got six years. Oh my god! Well, four, I guess four more, four more years. Two more. Yeah. No. Oh he, no, he was, he was up elected in twenty two. Yeah, because we covered that. That's. Yeah. Oh my man, we were God, so happy man. when he won. I mean, it's better than like an actual Republican. It's better than Dr. Oz. Yeah, of course. Real, but like, it's just, it's a betrayal. You know, it hurts closer to home. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was there fighting for you, dog. That's what I'm saying. I advocated for this guy. And he's yeah. just turning his back on me and his fucking wife, apparently. Uh-huh. God damn. But he then continued on to say that Democrats and Republicans need to come together to work out a solution, mm. elaborating then by saying there needs to be a quote, reset on U.S. border policies. What the fuck could that mean? Mean. I don't know. Uh, maybe he wants to go back to like Ellis Island, you know? What I'm oh, about? I, I guess. Back in like the 20s like, or whatever. 
God damn, man. And I, I, I guess to contextualize this kind of turn, in another instance of Fetterman inappropriately adopting conservative framing last month, where he was, uh, where he put the he put the blame on Democrats in a political talk, mm-hmm. Politico talk, saying, "quote It's a reasonable conversation, and Democrats should engage." Yeah, what do I, you think about that statement, considering I, everything going on right now? I think um, there, there isn't there a, an immigration bill making its way through Congress or being considered right now. Yes, sir. Were you and about through to get the into Senate? That? Were you yeah. about to, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's really funny because Democrats, to much of our disappointment, continuously are again very awful on the yeah. border, and they concede everything but the most blatant human rights abuses. They basically concede everything except conservatives saying we want to fucking put buzz saws on the border. Yeah. We want to put razor wire in the water in Texas, which is a real thing that's going on right now that the right. DOJ is trying to sue about. But anyway, um, the assertion that Democrats are refusing to negotiate is absolutely asinine when we yeah, can Biden that wants to. Biden wants to. Biden wants to. Democrats have been talking about coming to the table forever, mm-hmm. probably since the midterm election. You yeah. know, this how they've gotten pretty much nothing done legislatively, mm-hmm. and they really want this fucking win. Yeah. And there is a bill actively moving through the Senate right now, a big bipartisan deal mm-hmm. on immigration. That's very conservative. I, I think some of the progressives in the House have come out based on like outlines they've seen and said like, yeah, we're not going to vote for that if that's what makes it Well, to the we table. covered it. A couple weeks yeah, ago, we yeah. covered a story where a MAGA Republican, I can't remember exactly which person in the House, but I think it was a Freedom Caucus guy. Troy Nels? Yes. Yes, Troy Nels. Troy Nels. Troy Nels. The House Republican came out and said straight up, the quiet part out loud, again, he and many others in the House will refuse to pass a bipartisan border bill because they don't want the win to happen under Biden, especially during an election year where the border is one of the top issues galvanizing conservatives. Yeah, no, he's not going to give it up. They're giving the game away. And I think Troy... Trump was uh, talking to Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, yep. and said, like, you you can't vote for this and bill. And Mike Johnson said he's not going to bring the bill. Yeah. And Lindsay Ellis went on TV, and he's not Lindsay Ellis. That's a video essay. She makes great, great videos. Okay. Lindsay Graham. Lindsay Graham. South Carolina <laughs> Wifeless. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want to tag Lindsay Ellis. She's great. You know what I'm saying? But Lindsay Graham, okay. wifeless Lindsay Graham, got on, I don't know if it was Fox News, he got on some program and said, guys, we got to pass this bill. He said that this is <laughs> the best bill that they are going to get, even if Trump was in office. Yeah, I think he's probably right. And John Fetterman is out here saying the Democrats aren't negotiating. Mm-hmm. When you got got one of Mr. Conservative out here saying, no, this is actually great. Like, yeah. we got a lot of the things that we wanted out of the Democrats. Perfect. Yeah. Dare L- I say. Lindsey Graham, like, one of the worst people on the planet. Worst, most awful people in yeah. the country. Lindsay, saying, yeah, this is great, actually. Lindsey level Gaza Graham <laughs> out here saying, and that that's not that's not just, like, an editorial for me. He said level the place yeah. if you have to. And, and now we have, I don't know, the, the House Freedom Caucus. I don't know what they're on man yeah but every semblance of political strategies went out the window when matt gates said we're getting we're well, getting kevin out of here i don't know if that's like bad political strategy because you know troy nels is is being sort of cynical mike johnson well, no, trump are being cynical that is good but strategy. I, you're right i i think that they are correct to say that it would be a victory for the democrats if there was a bipartisan deal on the border that was at least semi-conservative because Uh it would take at least a little bit of the talking point away that Democrats have done nothing on the border. Yeah. So if they hold it up, despite the bill being good for their own ideals and what they say is a real problem for this country, even though we don't agree, if they hold that up, then it it, it takes a win away from Democrats, even though it's a conservative deal. Yes. Political strategy probably isn't the term I was looking for. I was more looking for like cohesion because the conservative party has been very cohesive throughout its entire 
life. That's yeah, it's really. what it's defined on. Kind it's of. its biggest strength yeah. is the fact that all of their members pretty much vote the same. They line up together to get shit done they when fall they need line. to get yeah. shit done. They fall in line to block any bills. It's the Mitch McConnell strategy. They've been obstructionists since Obama was in office, right? They just yeah. re- refuse to pass bills under Democrats, mm-hmm. and they've been really good at it. And now it's kind of like they're falling apart. How well, it seems Republicans like- just can't. It, it seems it. like they're they're still gonna end up blocking this bill, and I think what's more, I think this bill is tied to the um, the government it's, shutdown, it, isn't it? Oh no, I, I don't know. I know it's shutdown. tied to Ukraine and Israel funding. Well, I fuck with that. If they're gonna, <laughs> at least for the Israel funding, again, Mike Johnson, hero of Gaza, accidental hero of Gaza. Mike Johnson doing more than Joe Biden we, to stand in the way we, of genocide. We almost named an episode uh, Mike Johnson, hero of Gaza we a while that'd ago. Be too much though. But yeah, we that was like. It was like in November. We thought that would be a bit much. (laughs) But yeah, inadvertently, Mike Johnson might save Palestinians by not allowing any kind of deal to pass. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like it, and it's like our system, at least with Republicans in it, uh, incentivizes obstructionism because obstructive, just obstructing things in Congress Mm -hmm. generally, because if while you have a Democrat in office, something good happens, it looks good for the president. It reflects well on the president. And if your goal in election year is to beat him, then you want to give him as few victories as possible, even if he's going to give you basically everything you want on a border deal. Especially when it comes to the border, because something that blew my mind that I forgot to talk about, we were talking about the Iowa caucus, is I saw a graphic. I don't know what program it was on, but it said these are the top issues for Iowa borders. You know, let me me remind you where Iowa is. (laughs) North. Where where Iowa is situated in the country. (laughs) It's like the Midwest. Oh, yeah, it is the Midwest. It it is closer to Canada. Than it is to Mexico. You know what the you know what the top issue was for Iowa voters. It was like thirty eight percent. Better not be immigration. It's immigration, <laughs> brother. Iowa's like ninety seven percent white. Y'all have corn. Like the top issue for you should be I don't know farm subsidies. Uh huh. What are we talking about here? How how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, I think I might have seen that graph. It was probably on Fox News. Come it, on, it was probably man. on Fox News. But like, yeah, if you're an Iowa voter talking about your top issue is immigration. You shouldn't be allowed to vote. I'm sorry, but, but even, even the people that... Is there a large Mexican diaspora in Iowa No, that there isn't. Some, some white people are really unhappy no. about? Because in my <laughs> mind, I, they're not making it that far. Like, you're not a border no, state. Yeah, Iowa is damn near homogenous. <laughs> the, the 3% that isn't white, I guess they're really mad about in that yeah. state. And I got to believe it's not like undocumented immigrants that make up the last 3% of <laughs> Iowa, the Iowa population. You know what I mean? Like what? That's that's crazy. Fucking nuts. Yeah, absolutely fucking nuts. Like conservatives are insane mm-hmm. when it comes to the border, and it's why is John Fetterman adopting this framing? Yeah, why is, is the, John yeah. Fetterman saying everything that they are, especially when they paint him and his colleagues as if they're open border fucking lunatics that are pro open border and are actively complicit in replacement of the white population. Yeah. yeah great Come on now. I mean, I, I can't explain it. A lot of people have just been like straight up ableists, like, <laughs> like the, the stroke or whatever made him conservative Republicans and, yeah. and people on the left have been saying that. I, I don't know that that's like possible. I, I don't think that can, I mean, maybe personality changes can happen. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't explain this though. Like, I don't know what the shift came from. I don't know if he always believed this kind of stuff. And now it's just getting highlighted because there's a major conflict uh-huh. in Israel. Um, but Jesus Christ, it's bad. Like it's real bad. The, the, the Israel stuff, there were like, maybe it's hindsight bias, but there were signs before I've seen videos talking about how, like he was very silent on the issue when he was running because like, to be fair though, it wasn't, a big issue. Uh, leftists for, are silent on the issue when they're running. Right? Exactly. You know what I mean? And it also wasn't a big issue at the time. 
Yeah. Like, it was only an issue for people who follow politics like us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was getting money from APAC. He, he was getting money, and that was instrumental in Almost helping him. Almost everybody does, though. You it, know? Exactly. It was instrumental in helping him beat us. Yeah. So, like, he he had a reason why. It's like, okay, maybe I'll just do something on this issue to get in a seat. That was a key seat that we absolutely needed to win. Mm-hmm. And then, so maybe the switch-up isn't crazy. I'd argue it's more the extent to which he switched up, <laughs> yeah. which is wild. But the border stuff, like, dog, what are we fucking doing? Well, and it, it's especially crazy to me because, uh, sure, you had to jump through some hoops to get the APAC mm-hmm. money. And nobody wants to be decried as an anti-Semite because that does still hold cultural power, of course. Yeah. And, you know, it should. But, um, you know, it, it's saying that you support Gaza shouldn't be considered anti-Semitic. No. But you don't have to do what he's doing yeah. to get the APAC money. Yeah. All you got to do is vote for, like, support for Israel, and you'll get the APAC money like just Israel's fine. Israel's strongest warrior. Yeah, but he, he's going insanely far. Like, you don't have to do all this to get the special interest money. So mm-hmm. I don't know what explains, yeah, the extent to which he has just completely switched up on progressive it's values. It's also, like, if we're going to talk about the border, and if we're going to make fun of Iowa for saying the border is the number one issue for primary voters, is Pennsylvania a border state? <laughs> What the fuck? You know, maybe if you're Beto O'Rourke in 2018 and you were able to just and you're in that tight race with Ted Cruz and you come out and say some things that are maybe a little anti-immigration, maybe I can understand. Oh yeah, Texas. I'm like, okay, this Texas. is Texas. It's kind of like still one of the, racist, it's but it's kinda Texas. One of the worst places, <laughs> worst places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe you can get away with it. But bros in the north. Yeah, as a Democrat, what do we do? What the fuck? Are we absolutely doing here? no excuses. Like Kirsten Cinema in Arizona. Yeah, like voting down fifteen dollars like, an hour. Like we're just we're just drinking the Kool Aid here. Yeah, and just uncritically just parroting every conservative narrative that they pushed using conservative rhetoric when you don't even have to. There are plenty of liberals that are anti-immigration mm-hmm. that at least I don't know say it a little bit nicer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with John Fetterman. Uh, I mean, you could put on your tinfoil hat and maybe theorize that the DNC tapped his shoulder and is like, we need someone to heel turn. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, program is getting we're, a little dry. We're going to put you in a fucking <laughs> they suit. Said, they said the president's taking some heat. We yeah. need you to uh, be a little bit crazier than him and get these progressives off his back. And they said, John, we, we need to get the progressives off Joe Biden's back. And, you know, we're going to put you in a suit. We made an appointment at the Taylors. <laughs> fucking get in there. Get we, have a, we have a very nice, well-fitted suit coming to your office if yeah. you don't fucking go crazy on these issues. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll let you wear the hoodie. You got to put on the cape, we'll too, though. We'll let you keep wearing the hoodie. <laughs> yeah, no, that's crazy. Uh, John Fetterman switched up. Fuck that guy. I'm saying, and yeah. it's it's also, again, you know, you got to comment on it. He had to comment on the pushback he's been getting for his insane Israel views by saying he just doesn't understand how it's controversial for anyone to decide that they want to stand with Israel. Brother. I feel like that's a pretty unnuanced position. It's yeah. not stand with Israel. It's support and ethnic cleansing uh-huh. uh, in apartheid conditions that have been going on for decades now. God damn, man. It's just. It's just crazy. And, you know, what What pains me the most about Fetterman being this ridiculous is he is right on one issue, and that's Bob Menendez. Mm-hmm. He is right yeah. in, like, coming after Bob Menendez and speaking out when I don't know why other Democrats aren't speaking out about his corruption indictments because, like, come on. Like, I know they're just indictments, and you got to let the system work itself out. But, like, gold bars with his name on them? Yeah, come on. It's a great chance to position yourself. Exactly. Wow. This is a great chance to position yourself as anti-corruption, especially, you know, during an election year when conservatives mm-hmm. are coming at you, calling you this corrupt party, the mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi insider trading discourse, which is like, yeah, that's really true. And and Bob Menendez, like, isn't a progressive. Exactly. Like, he's he's damn near a centrist, almost basically conservative at this yeah, point. He's almost John Fetterman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he taken money from, what, the Egyptian government, I think, or, or Egyptian yeah. business he, people? There was something that came out a couple Turkey, days ago, I think. I think that he, Qatar, 
his fucking a sick. guitar is somewhere to do with this corruption scheme. Yeah. And it's like, oh, buddy. Yeah. John, what are we doing here? John Fetterman out here like, why can't I say I stand with the Congo? I don't get it. <laughs> why can't I stand I with the Congo? Guys. <laughs> why can't I stand behind Pol Pot? He's a good guy. <laughs> like, I just don't <laughs> understand why the left is so mad. Fuck, dude. It's the, the, the Fetterman issue. In yeah. conclusion. Fed Ehrman. Fed Ehrman. <laughs> Put him in a fucking suit. Oh, my God. If he's going to act like this, he better dress like it, too. <laughs> uh, you better look nice to earn it. I'm saying. Uh, last news story I have ah. for today is a little bit of uh, beyond parody. Sweet, sweet sound. Uh, we talked about racism from Vivek. We yes, talked sir. about racism and immigration policy. Now we're going to talk about more racism. Oh, who'd have guessed? Well, we're not getting off of racism this episode. You know who wouldn't have guessed? Nikki Haley. Uh, well, exactly. We've never been a country. racist country. Uh, in Oklahoma, a Republican state representative, J.J. Humphrey, introduced HB 3133, a bill that ostensibly defines gang-related crimes as terrorism. Now, okay. that's already problematic in and of itself. Yeah. Because terrorism and gang crime is, like, not the same thing. It, terrorism is, like, explicitly violence with a political motive behind yeah, it. Yeah, usually gang to crime. civilians, right? Yeah, completely separate and sociological like phenomena. There's reasons we have designations for these things. Uh-huh. There's reasons they're not the same word. Well, yeah, words have meaning. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, obviously, this is already problematic in and of itself. But that's not the kicker. The kicker here is that this new terrorism designation applies only to Hispanic people in the state of Oklahoma. Man. This is not an exaggeration at all. We can uh, <laughs> we can just go through the bill. Uh, okay. All right. All right. To be considered a terrorist under this bill, you must uh, qualify in these three categories. One, be a member of a criminal street gang as defined by their legal code, be convicted of a gang-related offense in Oklahoma, and be, quote, of Hispanic descent living within the state of Oklahoma. Wait a minute. So say I'm say I'm in a white street gang, uh-huh. and I'm a member of said white street gang, yeah. and I'm convicted of a gang-related offense. Under this bill, you're not a terrorist. I'm not a terrorist? You're not a terrorist. Holy but shit, But if you're man. Hispanic, you're a terrorist. Holy like, this, this is racism. <laughs> what the it's, fuck? This is straight up trying to I, do institutional racism. I, that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> like, the, the, I... How the fuck did we get here? There's like, is there even that many Hispanic people in <laughs> Oklahoma? Like, a theme of this episode. This, I, I feel like it's a non-issue. I feel like we are just signaling to the worst people in our states that, like, yeah. hey, what, what is this? So that uh, Nikki Haley or Trump can go on Fox News and say, look, there are literally terrorists coming from the southern <laughs> no, border. No, that's exactly what it is. And it's like, it, there's no reason to say just Hispanic people. There's no reason to have di- Hispanic descent in the bill other to say, look, there's Hispanic terrorists in yeah, the state of Oklahoma. The terrorists are flooding Oklahoma right now. Yeah. That's fucking... Not even to look mention, at, of course. How many terrorists went up in the year 2024 with Biden's open border policies? Come on. Yeah, it's just changing legal definitions so you can deem people as something more serious than they really are. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to be clear, as I said, this is just systemic racism. Yeah. Trying to make it worse. Literally. Yeah. The law. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Now, the punishment for being a terrorist, uh, as this bill defines, is, of course, criminal proceedings, as you would get for gang related activities generally, but also the forfeiture of basically all property that you own. Uh, it would be real estate, cars that you own, currency, any property that's yours. You forfeit it by being Hispanic and convicted of gang-related activity. You'd be a terrorist under this bill. Yeah, yeah, that's in this bill, which is which is pretty sick. J.J. Uh, Humphreys was uh, called out for this bill for being explicitly racist because yeah. that's what it is. And he did. He offered an apology. You want to hear it? Yeah, I do. He said, quote, I apologize for using the word Hispanic, but I was not wrong. 
Again, these are Hispanic. Reality is they are Hispanic. There's nothing to be ashamed with. That was his apology. Brother, I... 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 And then he said, this is from The Guardian, he said, quote, or The Guardian said, quote, Humphrey said he will go back to the bill and amend the language from Hispanic to undocumented here illegally or something like that. Or something like that. <laughs> right, nice, nice. Which, like, Hispanic first of all. Hispanic to of Latin American descent. <laughs> yeah, like, being undocumented and being Hispanic is not the same thing. Yeah. Right? But even then, like, being undocumented and being charged with a gang-related crime isn't terrorism. Yeah, so if 21 <laughs> Savage got hit with the Rico in Oklahoma, would he then be a terrorist? Right. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah, it's it's like you said. So they can say, look at all this terrorism that's happening. Oklahoma's reported all of this terrorism. That's funny. Instances of terrorism in Oklahoma from immigrants. Up from yeah. the Hispanic population, from the southern border. That's so fucking... I, I'm surprised Texas didn't do it first. Yeah, well... I'm, I'm surprised Texas hasn't designated, like, anyone who crosses the border a terrorist, honestly. <laughs> Considering yeah. that, again, at, le- at least the last two GOP debates. I don't. I don't really remember. There was way too many of them. Yep. They explicit or no? It was. I think the second, second or third GOP debate. They explicitly tried to start this narrative that literal terrorists are coming from the southern border mm-hmm. by saying, "Look, we found eight people who are from Iran. Yeah, we found military aged men. Yeah, we found fifteen people who are from like I, I don't fucking know the Middle East. Yeah." Literally, they put up a graphic that said that, and they said, look, terrorists are coming over, mm-hmm. as if every Iranian is a terrorist, again, as if any Arabic person is a terrorist, and then now, as if any uh, brown person is yeah. a terrorist. As if Trump's own DOJ didn't say that the greatest threat to American security domestically is white extremist terrorism. Oh, my God. Like, what are we talking about? What That's are we talking crazy. about? Trump's own DOJ said this. In 2020. So fucking insane. But no, we have this bill out of Oklahoma saying, if you are Hispanic and convicted of these gang crimes, (laughs) then you're a terrorist. But it's crazy. It just says, like, if you are of Hispanic descent, that's crazy. That's so fucking absurd. Just straight up racist. That is so fucking absurd. Like, they honestly, they could have got away with it if Mm -hmm. they just didn't put that in there. Mm -hmm. This would not have made national news. This would not be covered on Hitto because I wouldn't have even known about it if they just said, okay, gang members are now terrorists. Yeah. Which uh, we would have disagreed with Which I, yeah. Strongly. On principle, yeah. that's a different word. Yeah. That means a different thing. It carries a different connotation than just criminal and it or should carry, gang member. It should carry different punishments as well. Yeah. Right? Like, obviously, we're not going to come out here and make a defense of gang crimes, but it's not the same thing as terrorism. No, exactly. And it has its own set of sociological reasoning why gang-related crime happens, mm-hmm. why people join street gangs and why people do crime with them. Like, there's yeah. there's a thing that goes on with that. That and terrorism, completely separate yeah, issues. I, I, but I think you hit the nail on the head. They want to say, look at all these Hispanic terrorists. Like, that's the goal, right? Like, that's, that's so what you want to collect data for. That's what you want to charge people for. That's so fucking insane. Yeah. And then the Heritage Foundation can, can be like, look, guys. Yeah. Look, yeah. guys. Um, before we move off this story, uh, shout out to our Discord. Uh, one, somebody in our Discord boosted this story so that I saw it the other yes. day. I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been tailored for content, but I, I could be I could be wrong. Maybe Sir Cap a lot. Yeah. Uh, somebody in the Discord boosted it. So if you want to get in on all things Hiddo. Yeah, join the Discord so you can the see. Discord. Join the Discord because <laughs> I, I wouldn't have seen the story otherwise, but it's pretty nuts. Uh, before we go, next week we have some things to look forward to. As you yes, alluded to, the immigration bills, uh, bill is going through Congress. Maybe we'll cover that a bit more next week I, and I, I, talk about details. You know, I'm throwing out dickies. Yeah, we're throwing out dickies. It's going to get stalled. Uh, 100%, 100%. 100%. We got election results for New Hampshire, of course. Maybe more dropouts. Wait, isn't... Hold on a second. Back to the immigration bill and uh-huh. it being tied to funding for the government shutdown. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that come up February? Like, I, have no, I don't even remember at this point. 
I think one of the bills only funded the government through like early February. I think. Oh, did we pass the the the, the two track plan or I something think, like yeah, that? Yeah, it was like a two track stopgap bill. Or oh shit, whatever. that means stuff's gonna stop functioning like now. Yeah, like the stump stuff was in January. Other it's January twenty second, right? Yeah. I, I think I, I think maybe it's early and late February. Maybe they pass another bill behind the scenes. I don't know. There's been bigger issues to talk about. Yeah, but certainly. Maybe that's something to dive into next yeah, week. Yeah, I completely lost track of the, the government shutdown story because they kept kicking the can down the road. Yeah. And then, of course, Gaza happened yeah. and we have Yemen and all these other things going on. Um, but yeah, that's coming up soon. We'll probably cover that a bit more extensively next week since that'll be a bit more imminent. Uh-huh. And next week we'll have New Hampshire results. That's so true. Keep an eye out for that. And maybe next week more insane shit will happen. Probably. Probably. I mean, politics, the content makes itself. That's what I'm saying. Uh, speaking do. of, um, I won't even say speak, no transition to this. Okay. Beautiful people I love and respect. Beautiful people this list. that are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, inside and out. Mm-hmm. And every all, possible way. All very important. Special thanks to the lovely, the wonderful, the amazing Caden Kraut, uh-huh. Lord Tyler Radiant, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, 40% Spite, Dylan B., Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, Mattias T., Omar Zuno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Kaz, Caleb Joy, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Mayer, Maldonado, Hunter W., Fergalaki, Max Vesquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Joe Stenstrom, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Colleen Cuts, Very Yuck, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Crawfishing, Benneth Bennington III, Alexia Bonatti, Nietzsche, Big Booty Beatdown, Sam Maloney, Two-Headed Boy, Ben Shapiro's Boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea, Cucker Tarlson, Danielle Jackson, The Word of Microsoft, Jennifer Sines, Aaron and His Gundam Gundams, Darth Father, Aiden Taylor, Corey Chambers, Sewer Snack, Elian, John Glover, Devin Hatchard, Retro Mondo, Meatball Minion, Emma the Dude Slayer, Breezy B, Veronica, aka V, Raxoon, Ash Smith, The Grottler, Flower Clown, Beetlebugs, Murder in a Trench Coat, <clears throat> Lonnie Rogers, Sa- Slavic and Sapphic, Casey Lynn Kelly, Snake Eyes, In Hope of Giants, AK Gone, Aquanadon, Zach Lantian, Info Russell, Austin Greif. Marcus Corbett, Caleb Roper, Taylor Renslock, Ishi Teddy, Cami, Tylan Freeman, Steak Daddy, Tay Tay, Isaac Hodges, Madeline C., Pab the Pab 69, Kayla Lowe, Anna Valenic, Eduardo Diaz, KCC, Say Yes to Wes, August, Particular Pickman, Sir Capilot, Jeff Sines, Howard the Duck, Brennan is Egg, JR, Drew Batchhilder, Froggy Gumdrop, Zen doing their best, Jackie Boy, Shameless, Coherent Babbles, Sasha, MJ is Sharp, Michaela Muncie, The Wallace 3000, Southwest Socialism, Jared Finch, Evil Vegans, Tactical Snowflake, Son of Ander, Vanilla Bryce, Willie Swags, Chris E, Fermented Spider, Kishan Lala, Amanda R, Hanky Panky, Tyler Justinchin. I hope I said that nice. right. Let me know if I didn't. Damien Blues and my mom, thank you all so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Oh my God, I love wonderful. you more than you could imagine. You're brilliant. More than you can imagine. And I, w- I would love you even more if you uh, sponsored uh, a trip to San Francisco next <laughs> Sunday <laughs> with tickets to the Lions 49ers. Lazy <laughs> liberal trying to get out of work. And you know, trying to get and, out of work. And, and you know, if you wanted to do that, maybe you could host the pod. <laughs> oh my God. We'll see maybe, you maybe next I'll, week, no matter what. Access to the show. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.